0: Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And uh, we're still in our homes. What do you know? I kind of
1: like it, here, actually. Maybe I'm changing. Yeah. From 200,000 miles a year on the flying around to, you know, this many months home. I'll tell you this, my office has never been more organized. I labeled my cable boxes.
0: Yeah. You know, (laughs) now that you have the time, right?
1: Yeah, no kidding. Find yourself doing those things. Well, and I'm working on more projects that I want to find stuff and it annoys me that I can't find
0: it, so... I am uh, re-enjoying the social aspect of my back deck with my wife, and it's just really wonderful. You know, I I, I don't miss all the craziness, but I do miss people, of course. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I,
1: I try and do the Zoom calls, but I think that was real hip in, like, March and April, and now
0: it's not as hip. We're kind of like, eh, done it. Well, I got to tell you, I'm working on some stuff that'll blow you away, and uh. I'm not ready to announce it yet, but okay. we'll... Uh, We'll keep that one under wraps. Hey, let's roll the music for better know a framework. All right, man. What do you got? All right. Well, just today, which is June sixteenth, mm-hmm. our good friend Rachel Appel. I remember, you remember Rachel. She's one of the Rachels. The Rach- one I. of the Rachai. Yes. <laughs> she uh, works for Jetbrains now, of mm-hmm. course, and um. She posted on their blog, the developer ecosystem in 2020, key trends for C-sharp. So they have this, uh, the state of developer ecosystem um, 2019 that she links. And mm-hmm. it's just a poll, you know? And so there's some top C-sharp discoveries that C-sharp developers largely keep up to date with roughly half of all of them working on version 8. Wow. Which is well core um, only. Yeah. While many still support legacy C-sharp code bases, the results show that all previous versions of C-sharp have fewer developers this year than they did last year. Hmm. C-sharp 7 is down to 48% from 63%, and 6, C-sharp 6, is down to 27% from 39%. Interesting. Yeah, and if you look, the most popular language, still, JavaScript. Of course. Yeah.
1: But I would also point out, this is also C-sharp developers that will fill in a JetBrains poll so yeah there, that's right there is some filtering like if you're engaged in the community enough that you're aware of these things you know that sets yeah. a tone as well I, I i don't like the term dark matter developer i think it's a bit of a pejorative but there's a lot yeah. of folks out there that do their job and they're probably not listening to the show either mm-hmm. uh as well as you know may or may not be engaged with all the n- new bits not that core is that new
0: anymore no. But
1: certainly there is a filter here over the kinds of folks that uh, that are connected to community and how they use things.
0: Well, you know, it, like everything, you know, it loses its newness and the fear kind of dissipates well, and people jump in.
1: Yeah, you know, the the IT rule changes good you go first is still a good <laughs> rule, right? Even even and that's a that's an IT rule, but I bet you dev folks like it just
0: fine. I didn't really get into .net core until 2. Yeah. I mean, I was a little bit into 1, but um 20 was really when it, but it was rough. Yeah, one was rough. Yeah,
1: but it, you know, funny that's the same as the original .net too. Like two was mm. the breakthrough version. You think about when we yeah. were making shows, when you and I started collaborating, 2005 was when two shipped, and yeah. you know everything detonated. The ascent, boy, of we've t-
0: come a long way.
1: Yeah, the ascent to Telerik and Dev Express and all those new component suites and all of that stuff. Really mm. hinged in two thousand five. Like right right when the show got its feet under it and was really rolling. I mean, you've been doing it for a few years. I'm not, not
0: that I'm saying it's because I came on board. That can't be true. No, that's not well, true. yeah. Coincidences <laughs> happen. But certainly uh that was the ripe time for this uh yeah, for this I, industry. I think
1: it's serendipitous timing that you know, we show yeah. one hundred was February of two thousand five. Yeah. That spring.NET 2 shipped and really was the th- and it was the third version, because you know, numbers are hard. Right. And and here we are, 15 yep. years later.
0: Well, anyway, that's what I got. Uh thanks, Rachel, for that blog post and the survey. And uh who's talking to us, Mr. Campbell, today?
1: Well, I grabbed a comment off a show. Eleven fourteen, that's one 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 four from March of twenty fifteen, hmm. which is a while ago. With one Mark Hoffman, maybe you've heard of him. Uh, Uh, No. We were talking about cross-platform development. I actually (laughs) had to go back and and listen to the show again because this was a show where we were talking about writing code in the language Swift, which is Mm -hmm. for iOS, to build Android apps. So it was this mobile cross-platform solution. And in 2015, there was a lot of exploration going on and how do we solve this problem of building Mm -hmm. for the different platforms. Mm -hmm. And so admittedly, I am reading a comment from five years ago. It's a little bit unfair. But this comment comes from Phil Powers, who says, these guys need better marketing. How have I never heard of them before? (laughs) That's what we're here for, Phil. There's a big part of me that love what these guys are doing, especially from the pure geeky techie part of me. But from a practical perspective, I have to be convinced about the advantage of using an alternative programming language while still, quote, staying in the native frameworks on each OS. Each platform or framework was designed with a specific language in mind, you know, Java for Android, Objective-C mm-hmm. for Mac and iOS. And, and I have to believe that there have to be some friction involved in straying outside of them. Besides, I'd argue that it's more work to learn each of the large frameworks than it is to learn their native languages. Hmm. So if I'm staying native, I might as well learn them in their native tongue. All that being yeah. said, these guys are now definitely on my radar. I'll be interested in following to see where they go next. And uh Phil, please let us know what you went where you went next, too, because it's been five years now. And uh thanks so much for your comment. A copy of music to code by is on its way to you. And I what I really like about Phil's comment is it's sort of a Approaches this issue of hmm. language versus framework too. Because in a lot of ways, it seems like languages aren't the hard part. It's the different frameworks, the environment you have to operate in, that's actually the hard part. Absolutely. So uh, again, Phil, thanks so much for your comment. A copy of Music to by is on its way to you. And if you'd like a copy of Music to co by, write a comment on the website at at.netrocks.com or via Facebook, because we publish every show there.
0: And if you comment there and I read it on the show, I'll send you a copy of music to by. And definitely follow us on Twitter. He's at Rich Campbell. I'm at Carl Franklin. Send us a tweet because, you know, it's all bites to us. Nice. Everything comes down to bits, man. Get those chromium encrusted tweezers out go. and place those bits. It's where you're going to go, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, some people know what I'm talking about. That's old school. That's what that is. Yeah, it is good. All right. Well, let's uh, welcome back to the show, Mark Hoffman. Mark is a co-founder and chief architect at REM Object Software uh, and in charge of driving the Elements Compiler Project and its surrounding technologies. Since 2015, he lives in sunny Curacao. Welcome, Mark. How are you doing?
2: Hi. uh, Thanks. Thanks for having me back. Good to be On the show again
0: far too long friend five years is a long time a lot has happened
2: definitely yeah
0: i just want to say that it's been a while since i looked at what you guys were doing and i'm I'm looking at the page for elements and i'm reading and i'm looking and i'm reading reading again i still don't know what
2: the hell this thing is what is it (laughs) okay so let me take a step back So, so basically elements is a compiler Just putting that out there. And our our philosophy basically is we want to decouple the languages from the platform. So our compiler provides support for five, soon six, as we're going to talk about languages, and for various different platforms. But different than the compilers you get from like the platform vendors we don't tie the the specific language to the specific platform so it's not this is the swift compiler for coco or this is the c sharp compiler for dot net or this is the java compiler for well java so Basically, we split that so we have the languages, and you can compile any of the languages to any of the platforms you would like to compile for, and you can even mix the languages too.
0: Okay, and uh, I, I suppose you're talking about um, the parts of the language that aren't platform specific, because once Richard was right. I mean, it's these, it's the platforms. Once you get down, like, there's nothing really hard about writing an iOS app, except that at some point you got to access the camera. Right.
2: And how, how is that? Right. Yeah. I mean, but, but I mean, that's, that's separate things, right? I mean, I mean, for example, look at dot net first. I mean, you have VB, you have C sharp, you got yeah. F sharp, you got 500 other languages that other third parties create, right? Yeah. And those are quote unquote just languages and, and they all talk to the same framework, right? right? So if you know what dot net APIs you use, you can pick any of the languages you want. So if you look at it that way, there's really nothing. In the language per se that is specific that's platform specific right the language is sort of just the language and the platform is it's just the platform and there's really nothing sort of the the, the pre, preset mindset uh, that the language is tied to the platform or vice versa and the same is true on on, on Cocoa as well so you got objective c and swift and although Apple is messing that up a little bit more. But in theory, you, you're still sort of talking to the same APIs, whether you use Objective-C or Swift or our compiler, right?
0: Right. I, 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 I guess, though, I, at some point, you're going to have to interact with hardware. So, uh, you know, the I guess what I'm saying is that's probably the most challenging part isn't
2: it? Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, our, our, our product is not about you not having to learn how an exactly. iPhone works the same as yes. you would, if you would use Apple's tools, right. Or, right. Extend the same for Android or windows or Linux or whatever. So, so our tool is really about you pick the language you want and then you can use it on, on any of the platforms you want. And you, you don't have to use different languages. You don't have to use different tools. You can also share a lot of code, uh, via yeah, various apis we do provide that we can talk about later but but the okay. main focus is really to sort of get away from this mindset oh i got to use java to target android or i got to use swift or objective c for for mm-hmm. ios and so on
1: yeah i mean there's but but there are edges right like i when I, mean, I think about issues around typing and certain constructs and things that are going to hit Against APIs that are harder to call, so you, you know there's there's a there's like an eighty percent case here. Like Pareto's law applies. It says it doesn't matter what language against what platform it's going to work, but there's always some edges that are tricky.
2: Mm, I don't I don't really think so. I mean I mean we've been doing this for a while, and mm-hmm. we're not really running into lots of problems where like oh there's something you can absolutely not do that the platform wants you to do, but I know C sharp isn't capable of doing that. Yeah. I mean, sure, in, in some cases there might be like. Different ideas to bring into the language to expose things differently uh, that you need to do, but but in, in general, I'd say it, it's more like ninety nine percent probably that that any language could work on any platform, and then we we, we do sort of have extensions here and there in languages to to, to provide uh, sort of better interoperability with some of the other Ts. Like like for example, uh, Objective C has these these multi part method names, right? So you do like right. application did open with options, and then like you sort of have the, the parameters between the different names so we, ha- we have an optional syntax so you can use the same in c sharp or in java or in our other languages if, if you need to but i mean that, that's sort of really just small small changes to the language
1: and 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 i and i would point out like the set of languages i'm looking at here on elements the swift java c sharp go oxygen which is object pascal they're very much object-oriented languages. So you have certain core assumptions in this group of languages that will work across platforms. So if, a, if a platform works well with any one of these languages, it probably should work pretty
0: well with all of them. Well, you forgot to add one language to that list, Richard
2: exactly yeah i mean i mean go is probably the one outlier there as in that it's not really i mean it doesn't even have objects uh so mm-hmm. our go support is actually limited in we didn't want to add support for classes to the language so yeah. our go support is more language like you couldn't do a wpf app in in just go because you can't just create your user control your window your whatever i mean you, mm-hmm. you can create them but you can write your own class mm-hmm. um so, so, so the, the target for goal is, for go is a little more different but like yeah for the other for Oop languages as you said I mean pretty much any sort of framework that's written for OOP, be it.net or the cocoa libraries or the Android apis can be used with only other languages yeah. really no, I, I can so, buy into that
0: so what about VB there's uh that's on the list here and you say alpha, beta so how does that is that classic VB is that Vb net what's going on there
2: that's vb.net so, yeah so so so, basically we started just I, mean, I want to say a couple of months ago looking into doing VB net as sort of the sixth language option and we've, we've been we've been working on that and we've been making good progress but it's still yeah. it's still I want to say like a month or two until we have like a what I would call a usable beta and then like in right. the fall, I'll probably have a have a have a file first version
0: what's interesting about that is Le, le, if we enumerate the platforms, .NET, you've got regular core and Mono, regular comma core comma and Mono, <laughs> um, Java, Android, both Java and native, uh, macOS, iOS, tvOS, watchOS, Windows CPU native, Linux CPU native, and WebAssembly.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: And so the one of the if you listened to last week's show, and I know you did because you were commenting, right?
2: Actually, I haven't had a chance to listen to the whole show yet. Sorry. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Been a a busy week. uh,
0: Kathleen Dollard was basically saying that they didn't move forward with VB on core in certain scenarios because uh, it would just require too much uh, incompatibility going backwards. So the fact that you guys are embracing that is a kind of a unique uh, thing.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So, so I, th- I think I'm, I'm hoping that, that our project is sort of a, a way forward for, for the VB that isn't going to yeah. be extended with like new features, new platforms, uh, from Microsoft side, right? So, so the mm. idea is that ideally we want to get to complete compatibility with existing VB.NET apps. But of course, because our compiler is split that way, VB is going to work for all the other platforms basically for free in terms of what we have to do. In fact, even the like the very early alpha, the the problems or quote unquote problems, the stuff that isn't done yet is we don't have all the language covered. But the stuff that does work, you can already compile for Android, for iOS, Mm. for WebAssembly, and so on.
1: What does it take to implement VB like that? Are you literally taking all the language syntax and, and making your own implementation of it? Are, are you able to use something like Roslyn in the back end? Like, uh, how are you
2: doing this? Yeah, so so we, we don't use Roslyn for our compiler, mainly because it predated uh, Roslyn existing when we right. started back in 2003 or 2004. Um, so we, we got our own compiler toolchain. So basically the only thing, I mean, that's only in big scare quotes, is we got to do the VB language parser that only. basically translates the VB language. <laughs> yeah. Only that's, that's really trivial, right? I mean, should be done next week. Um, but, 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 the, but the point is like all the other pieces, like compiling to IL or to JVM or to, to native code, the debugging, the IDE code completion, all that stuff that's sort of all separated from, and, and we can basically reuse all that stuff. So, so once we can parse the VB syntax we need, all the rest falls in place, right? So right right now we have, like, I mean, I want to put a number on it, but, like, maybe 60%, 70% of, of VB syntax covered. Nice. So, like, like most, like, run-of-the-mill pr- projects, you can just throw the compiler and they're going to build. Mm. And then, like, again, again, all the rest just sort of comes for free because we, we don't have to write a .NET backend again or a debugger and things like that.
0: And the Java thing is interesting because... Um a lot of people still like the Java language, but the JVM is sort of fallen out of favor because of the whole plugin business. Is there any um light at the end of the tunnel there?
2: Right, yeah. So 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 basically we I mean the problem with Java is that the same name covers both things, right? So so we actually support Java as a language and we support Java as a platform. But yeah. you can use any language to compile for the Java platform, or you can use the Java language to compile for any platform, so it's a little so bit of a mind twister with a name there. So I'm, I'm glad Microsoft picked two different names there.
0: Yeah, I, I've sort of been out of touch with uh, the Java space for a while, um, but I know that the JVM was a was sort of using the plugin model in the browser. Do they do that anymore?
2: I don't think it's used much anymore. I think I think it's still supported as far as I know, but I don't think anyone's yeah. writing applets. I mean, in the browser, much the same as Flash. People stopped doing that, like. Once like f- phones became more popular than desktops and stuff like that, right? So I think the the main uses for Java these days are obviously Backend. Android, which uses it uh, sort of as a as an intermediate step, and then server side stuff like like JSP or
1: yeah, or whatever.
2: Sure. But to be honest, it's not an area that I'm personally very familiar with either. What what people yeah. like use actual Java outside of Android for?
1: Well, and there's a non trivial amount of existing code base. I mean, the same thing you, yeah. issue you have with .NET. It's been literally decades and mm-hmm. so you know yeah even longer than dotnet and i talked mm-hmm. to java folks on the more on the enterprise side it's like this is legacy applications that need to be care and fed you know fed for a long time uh, yeah. the same way there's still folks out there maintaining Silverlight apps and web form apps and like that's just mm-hmm. reality it's typically internal and they're not going away
2: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and we got, we got customers. We were thinking about phasing out Visual Studio 2015 sooner or later. And we (laughs) still have customers saying, Oh, no, you can't do that. I still got Silverlight projects. I got to maintain. Right. Interesting. Hmm.
1: Yeah. 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 And I was, I was going to talk about the fact that you guys work through studio, but the version of studio matters too, because folks are, are maintaining older versions of, of old version applications like Silverlight. And so they keep an old,
0: ide around
2: exactly yeah so so our current versions uh, still integrate with t- 2015 2017 and of course 2019 right hmm. yeah.
0: interesting and you also have your own ides for mac and windows right
2: exactly yeah we have that for i think i want to say three or four years now yeah yeah fire for
0: mac and water for windows exactly yeah So <laughs> staying
2: with the elements where's uh, rain theme <laughs> Uh, well, maybe 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 we do Linux sometime. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I've seen fire and
2: I've seen water.
1: All right. You're going to end up on the music side of this. Totally I totally agree. I probably am. It yeah. inevitably <laughs> make, makes
0: sense to me. Been listening to a lot of James Taylor. Oh, interesting.
1: So, do, do you have customers that are taking existing applications that were running against quote-unquote traditional frameworks and they're moving to elements?
2: Oh, def- definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, look, going going back to Java, for example, mm-hmm. one of, one of the nice things is because we have Java as the language and Java as the platform, people can mm-hmm. basically take their existing Java project and with, I don't know, maybe a little tweaks, hopefully without any, they can just compile it with our compiler still against their Java, right? And then they mm-hmm. can, in theory, go in piecemeal, I don't know, porting parts to say .NET or other platforms, but, but keep using the Java code if they like. Or they could use uh, start adding C-sharp code, but keep compiling against Java or, or any combinations of those. Right?
1: Interesting. So a way to sort of re- recharge a brownfield app where you're struggling with versions of Java and so forth. So you ship the underlying platform and then you have a choice of languages.
2: Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Or say you, you, you don't want to hire new Java developers because you, you see Java going away for your project over the next few years. But you... But you want to hire new people to still make tweaks, so yeah. they can use C Sharp or soon VB for the Java project, while migrating it, or while porting it, or just while also doing new stuff in for .NET.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to argue against the Java going away thing. I would say it's harder to find young people who are interesting to program in Java. The existing Java cadre of developers, the folks I see, their wages are going up. They're older. And, and they're more valuable.
2: Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not saying Java is going away. I, what what I, what I meant is, like, as a company, you might have a Java code base, but you're saying, hey, yeah. for the future, we want to focus to develop our stuff on .NET, so I don't want to, de- like, hire five new Java engineers. Right. Well, well and it's just so not easy to do. They're hard to find. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing, yeah. But, you
0: know, once you go down this path, you suddenly become a translator of documentation that wasn't written for you, you know? Mm. And just for your own purposes, maybe, but uh, maybe for the team, you know, for example, um, you know, you go to look at any API and there's sample code written in multiple languages, right? And so you're, you're, yeah. So sometimes those, uh, those APIs will only work with the platform. Not just because the language comes with it, you know what I'm saying?
2: Right, right, yeah. So, 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 say, so you're writing something for Android, and you look something up. Hey, how do I, I know, access the camera, right? So, yeah, you, yeah, you gotta find sort of examples that are written yeah. in Java, and say, say, you're using C sharp. Then maybe you gotta squint your eyes a little bit as you read the exactly. sample. But like all the all <laughs> the gist that's there, like call this class, call these methods, hook up these callbacks, or whatever you might have to do. Those right. are all going to work the same whether you use C-sharp or Oxygen or VB, right? And we actually do have in the tool, uh, I mean, it's not perfect, but we, you can take code snippets and sort of convert them as you paste them. And it's going to sort of try to adjust the syntax uh, oh, sort neat. of Uh to get you going if you want to reuse sort of code snippets you find online, things like that.
0: And Visual Studio has that feature, doesn't it? Mm. Where you can take some VB and just sort of paste it into a C-sharp project and it converts it on the fly. I I don't remember if I'm dreaming or I saw that somewhere. I don't know. Well, in theory, you and dip down through IL and come back
1: up, although typically coming back out of IL, the code ain't pretty.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: One combination that looks intriguing to me is VB.net on WebAssembly. And just to remind people, this is not Blazor. It's WebAssembly, so that experience has got to be a lot different than what people are expecting because they've seen Blazer. I imagine it's just compiled language right to WASM, right?
2: Yeah, no, sorry, this is basically you're writing directly direct WASM assembly code, the same as you would, I don't know, I guess in C, in C, otherwise, yeah, because I mean, or like, Go, not or... many like high level languages com- support it yet. So you 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 have access to the browser APIs, you have access to so like all of the Standard base libraries we provide, uh, and sort of some sort of C level base libraries that WebAssembly has. But but mm. other than that, you're really writing native WebAssembly code.
1: Hmm. Yeah, well, that was the way they got Blazor to work was that they went and leaned on Mono, because Mono under its under the hood was all C, so it was able to compile through LTTM into into WASM. Right. They're not using Roslyn because Roslyn is built in C sharp.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense.
1: So I mean, and there lies the real issue if they could actually use uh, Roslyn for this, then the other languages would be available. That's why there's no F sharp in, in Blazor either. Cobalt.net, okay. right? Like you, <laughs> you've, you've got to get a, a, you've got to get across to, you've, you've got to be able to compile against Mono to make this make sense because Mono's origins allow you to get to WebAssembly.
2: Right, yeah, and then sort of another thing with with Blazor. I mean, it's sort of both a thing and a curse. Is you've got the whole .NET framework you're bringing in, and you've, I mean, on on the upside, you have access to all the APIs, but on the downside, it's also very big, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're not just shipping your code; you're like downloading megabytes and megabytes of of, of runtime yeah. to 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 to, to run your application in the browser, right?
1: Yeah, that is that is the challenge with Blazers, trying to get the runtime down to a, a decent size.
2: Yeah. Mm.
1: And uh, gentlemen, I'm gonna interrupt for one moment for this very important
0: message. Hey, do you remember that time you were searching Google for sheep and olive oil, and you got that sinking feeling that if anyone could see your search, they might completely get the wrong idea? Do you remember the Facebook ads? Yikes. Well, you might be thinking, why not just use incognito mode? Well, let me tell you something. Incognito mode doesn't hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited. That's why, even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter if you get your internet from Verizon, Comcast, or a local provider. ISPs in the U.S. can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. And most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on it. Runs seamlessly in the background. and It's really easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, phones, computers, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it. So protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit our exclusive link expressvpn.com slash .net, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash D-O-T-N-E-T.
1: And we're back. It's .net rocks. I'm Richard Campbell. That's Carl Franklin. Yo. And we're talking to Mark Hoffman about this project called Mercury. And it's not the planet, it's the element, because the overarching compiler is called elements.
2: See what we did there?
0: Yeah, I know. I'm pu- I'm picking up what you're putting down, friend. I get it. <laughs> so, where's Earth? Uh, you got Fire, Water, Earth. We're going to have an Earth uh, IDE and an Air IDE.
2: Yeah, probably. It depends on what platforms we go next with IDE. And that's it. So. And then you're done. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs>
1: So, I guess the very question is what version of v b net to implement like what what version of c sharp are you implementing right now in elements
2: um I- Basically, we, 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 try to keep on, on top with the latest version. Uh, I, 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 don't think we have like, like every, every box ticks for, 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 what is it? Eight or nine now. Yeah. But I mean, basically, we, we, we try to keep up. And, and since VB isn't going to be changing in the future anymore, at least as far as Microsoft has known so far, it's basically we're going to take whatever, I don't know what the version number is, 14, I think. We, we take whatever the current version is, implement that. And then, of course, like with the other language, we're going to add extensions where they don't hurt to, I don't know. Make the language more flexible.
1: So if you're keeping up with eight with C sharp eight, so nullable reference types.
2: Yeah. Actually, actually we had those for, for quite a while, nullable references and non, non, non nullables and mm-hmm. uh, nullable uh, value types and all that. Cool. And in fact, I've been told we, we, we do them better than C sharp does.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure Mads Torgerson would have a comment or two about that, but <laughs> you must have a lot of really happy developers. I mean, every day must be a puzzle a real good yeah. system-level puzzle that they have to solve.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, some days are more grunt work, but yeah, usually it's exciting mm-hmm. with all, all the platforms, all the languages.
1: Does the, does the open sourcing of .NET make your life easier then? Because you can kind of see what's coming as they're building it.
2: It it does a little bit. I mean, we don't really use much of the stuff directly, but I mean, it helps no. to just be able to look at something. Yeah. Like, 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 for example, we also sort of have our own tool chain to do the whole build. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because it, it got like, like three or four years ago, it, it got too, too cumbersome to p- try to squeeze everything into MS build. So we figured, hey, screw this. We're going to do our own thing. Right. Um, so it, it definitely helps. Like, for example, I was working the other day on, uh, support for getting the, like, the, the host executable for .NET Core apps on Windows created. So it was helpful to be able to look at the code at the official.net code and see oh how do they get the icons and the version stuff over and like how do they process that and things like that so that's definitely helpful having the code there
1: nice and and but you haven't gone down the open source path yourself at all you guys are sort of the the traditional tooling you've been doing this for a long time
2: yeah the thing is kind of our most our employees want a salary so we haven't really been able to open source everything yet
1: (laughs) now you're just being difficult mr hoffman honestly uh but it is interesting to just think in that arc of maintaining all of these things. I mean, there's a lot of folks at Microsoft building this stuff. So new features are coming down the pipeline. You've got to sort of put them on your roadmap and say, when am I, when am I going to see these? Although I would also think at the same time, folks that are looking at your tooling are the brownfield folks that mostly need existing feature set support like I don't know how important the new features of a language are for you
2: it's a, it's a little bit of both I mean I mean there's lots of customers that just um yeah they maintaining existing products mm-hmm. they don't really care about what's what's new in dotnet core. or 6 or whatever or like the latest ios features or things like that but there's also lots of people that sort of are on the live on the breeding edge and they do want like oh apple shipped this new sdk yesterday can we use it yet and usually the answer is yes you can um but yeah some sometimes there's 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 work to keep up so mm -hmm. next week's going to be interesting to see what apple breaks again for us but
1: (laughs) well yeah and and they're the ones who keep secrets really well you've everybody finds about at the same time like surprise
2: yeah, I mean, with, with the Swift thing, they're a little bit more uh, open in terms of like <laughs> what's happening, but still, yeah, they keep us on our toes. Interesting.
1: Yeah, no no question.
2: So I could take an existing
1: Web Forms app, move it to Elements, and then start writing Java against it. Yeah. That's really cool.
2: Like, like next time you add a new form, use Java instead of C Sharp right. for it, yeah.
1: Not the uh, not that Java would be my first choice for that, <laughs> but I
2: <laughs> no, mine, mine neither, but you know, the, oxygen might actually be. But yeah.
1: yeah, oxygen, but uh, yeah, you're an old school Pascal guy, I get that. Well, we oh,
0: definitely. Yeah. To, you know, I got nothing bad to say about. it. What is it about oxygen that makes it so unique and cool?
2: But, but mind you, oxygen isn't, isn't like Pascal. I mean, we we use the tagline, this is not your daddy's Pascal. So we've been, I mean, we, basically, we came from a Delphi background, like, I want to say 15, 20 years ago, and we've been relentlessly innovating the language. So that's like, we've got a huge, like, summary page of what we've added since 2004 and it's like pages and pages long so there's, there's lots of new things from like class contracts and preconditioned post conditions nullable types things like that uh async await uh closures things like that so
1: you've carried on things. anders traditions
2: yeah so to speak yeah
1: async await
0: yeah we have that that's got to be in there that's awesome
2: yeah, I think we pretty much have creature feature parity with anything you would want to do in C sharp and like way beyond, like lazy properties, things like that. Mm. Default um, actually I think C sharp got those two right now. Default methods and interfaces. Those are some things we added recently. And so Trading closures I really like. Oh nice.
1: And and looping back a bit to the whole WebAssembly conversation. So your compiler is written in C. You're able no, to compile it. No, our, our, our compiler
2: is actually uh, net. Oh, under the hood, it's actually .NET. Yeah, it's it's it, it's written in Oxygen actually.
1: Okay. So are are you able to get into a WebAssembly?
2: The compiler itself, I don't know. <laughs> we haven't tried that. Right. But, I mean, I, don't, I mean, we we don't have to get the compiler into WebAssembly no. unless you want to write an IDE that runs as WebAssembly, right? Okay, <laughs> so we're not going to go there. Yeah. But but so mm-hmm. yeah, the, the compiler still runs on on a Mac or a Windows and. It compiles to native WebAssembly code. Interesting.
1: So, yeah, you could you could get there. Again, you're going to have to deal with size, which is always the problem with WebAssembly. But
2: yeah, I mean mm. that's basically the balancing factor of like how much do you link in. But well, if I, again, if I'm thinking
1: as an enterprise architect dealing with internal applic- brownfield applications that I want to keep running where mostly it's local network communication anyway, so size is less sensitive, that's something to consider.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, for, for WebAssembly, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: Wild. It's, just a, it, it's an interesting place to sit between all of these things and and consider the possibilities of what you want to work in. I, and I do think that the challenge is hiring. That It's finding people, what language do you like to program in? You know, can you can you work with us?
2: Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. I mean, with with elements you sort of have a little bit more flexibility. I mean obviously you wouldn't want a team where like, oh, these two guys do Oxygen, these two C sharp, these guys do Swift, and those do Java and have them all muddle on the same project, right? But still in, in terms of hiring, you do have some flexibility and say, Hey, I can't find the Java guy, let's just get a C sharp guy or or vice versa.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Are you? I mean, your typical customer. I would just think it's a bigger organization than that. That they that they have teams in working in different languages that want to work on on projects together.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty much across the board customer wise. But yeah, I mean, lots of them are large companies, but we also go down all the way to like like single single people Mm -hmm. dev shops that that just like like one language
1: and want to keep doing what they're doing you know take on whatever yeah. project comes at them
2: exactly yeah and also like like obviously like for especially for oxygen lots of people come from a delphi background so they really like 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 pascal just like i do and so they, they find something new and more modern than than the actual delphi
1: yeah poor delphi <laughs> it deserved better right it's kind of it's it, yeah It feels like it's just been stranded. But some argue that Java's in the same boat. I mean, it's one thing to be owned by Embarcadero. It's another thing to be owned by Oracle.
2: Yeah, although it seems like Java has been getting more attention like over the past three or four years than, I want to say, the decade before. I mean, it seems like every time I turn around, there's like, oh, they're up to 14 now? I didn't even know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it is interesting to see. And I I don't quite know what that is because certainly Oracle's not being transparent with what their intent is. You just see things happening.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe they're just doing stuff they need internally for Oracle itself. I have no idea. Yeah, I hope so. At least if
1: they're mm. consuming it, then those mm-hmm. demands make. Represent modernization, like either way, that's a good thing. I I mean, I I would would
2: think they do, right? I mean, I'm I'm not very familiar with Oracle, but I I would assume it's written in Java, right?
1: Well, you would hope, but I don't think that's true. A lot of their stuff predates that. What frustrates me about the situation with Oracle is they have all the ingredients to be a significant player in the plat in the platform development space. They have an important language and a significant framework. They've got lots of infrastructure, like they could be doing so much more. And I look at that purely from a point of view of, we're all better when there are good competitors.
2: That's true, yeah.
1: And and it's like, you guys have all the ingredients to be a really great competitor. You just don't seem to
0: care. They're too busy being evil.
2: Yeah, on the the flip side, that might also be good news because Oracle is also not a... Not had a good history in no. terms of being friendly with, like, their licensing and things like that, right?
1: You know, and, and when I spend my time on geek out subjects, which happens every so often, somebody's asked me about so the, all of longevity stuff, like how long are we going to live? And I said, well, the guy to watch is is Larry Ellison for, for two reasons. One is he's the oldest of the tech billionaires. He's 75, although if you look oh, at yeah. a picture of him today… It's disturbing. That man is, looks way too young. And, uh,
2: I don't think I've seen a picture in a while, but
1: yeah, no, he's, he's still out there and, and he, and he doesn't seem to have any moral compunctions on whatever's necessary. If he had to drain the blood no. out of 12 year old versions once a month <laughs> to maintain his life, I suspect he'd probably go for it. They'd be, they'd be staffed up and ready to go.
2: Well, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you said that. So I didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's funny.
1: Yeah, no, it, 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 these billion, target some of these billionaires are looking a little too young. I don't know what they're up to, but, they you know, that's the oldest one, and and boy, it's creepy. It's strange,
0: so. Well, you know, on the flip side, they could look like Keith Richards. <sighs> yeah, but <laughs> it's you, a good thing they don't, at, I think. But maybe. he's essentially ageless at this point, right? Didn't he fall <laughs>
1: out of a tree recently or something? Like, it's just madness. Like, what are you doing?
0: We have to think of the world we want to leave to him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <But>, uh, <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> oh my goodness none, none of this is true i think keith no, is an amazing no, no. amazing musician amazing person somehow survived yeah, yeah, yeah. being a rock star i don't understand that although all of those stones have like the whole thing's astonishing really where so many no. others did not where, where Where did we start with this conversation i think it was oracle yes there we go yeah i it. think so yeah that's how we that's <laughs> how we got here yeah. Uh, now, I, I mean, I, I appreciate RemObjects. Objects. I think you guys have done great stuff over the years, uh, and well, certainly taken care of an interesting group of developers out there in the Delphi folks, and uh, and given them a home to to continue to, to to take their projects forward, one way or the other.
2: Yeah, I hope we do. Yeah.
1: The, uh, the VB story to me is, is fascinating. It'll be interesting to see how folks react.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I gotta be honest. I'm, I've never been too much into VB myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm a bit of coming at it from an outsider, but I'm starting to get an appreciation for how different VB really is than, than like most other languages, you know, I mean, not just in syntax, but in like how things behave. So right. that, that's certainly one of the, one of the mm-hmm. biggest challenges we, 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 we have. I'm going to, Gonna, gonna continue to have over the next, say, couple months or, or more. It's not getting the syntax right, but to actually get all the differences encoded. So say if you're using equal, it actually means something else in VB than in C sharp, right. right? Because like strings compare differently, things like that. Um, but it's so, it's, it's been a learning experience. So, but it's been fun also. So, yeah. and I always like adding new languages. So.
1: But the same, and, but you, you're also creating compounding problems for you. Like Embarcadero is still developing Delphi, right? Like that continues forward. Do you guys follow the changes of Delphi from Embarcadero or?
2: Um, I mean, they, they develop Delphi for certain values of develop, but, um, I mean, they, they're not really adding much language wise. Right. Um, so we're not really, I mean, we, we departed from them so long ago. So it's not like we have to sort of keep up with the language in the terms of oh they're adding a new feature we have to do it or we have to do it the same way because i mean um mostly anything they add we added like 10 years ago right Right. like for example they just added we're really proud of it inline variables so you don't have to have the variable section at the beginning of the method and i'm like thank you we had that in 2004 when we launched (laughs) (laughs) but um but yeah we we, we, i mean one, one factor for us is sort of is delphi compatibility as a separate mode where people sort of want to bring in code and share it with Delphi and Oxygen. So we have a special mode that enables more, like like their generic syntax is different than ours because they they added it after we did ours. So we invented our own, and then they came up with something else. Um, So... If you go into Delphi compatibility mode, then you can use their syntax. Oh, there's a couple other things like they have a weird syntax for extensions and things like that. So we we try to support those there, but there's not really much in terms of language upkeep that we got to do there. Actually, really, I, I wish they would do more because, as I said, like I mean, I was a big fan of Delphi myself back in the day, and I think Delphi could have been and still could be too much so much more if they. Did more than just sort of maintenance on it, but it's good for us that they don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we did. We did a show last year with Elias Pirin talking about a project he had from Delphi that he he had to ultimately wrap up in .NET. I just, well, I mean, I'm now I think, wow, we pr- could have talked about rem objects in there. Just like, do we have access to the source code? Can we actually be able to compile it? Because the he yeah. talked about the story of if you've got old Delphi code, like the new versions of Delphi don't necessarily compile that stuff anymore. And it's hard to get an old version of Delphi.
2: I mean, mind you, like if you get really old Delphi code, it's probably not just going to compile in oxygen either, especially for .NET, because I mean, for, for one, we have the same language, but we don't have like all the like visual library that Delphi has. I mean, we don't port the libraries, right? And also lots of Delphi code does stuff you can't really do in .NET, like or shouldn't do in .NET, like, I don't know, direct memory access and things like that. So there's always a little bit involved in importing in something over to .NET, but at least it's, it's a lot, it's a ton, ton, ton of a lot easier, easier than if you also have to change to C sharp at the same time, right? Or, or VB or a different language. So yeah p- people moving from Delphi uh, to .net or say to our native compilers or to iOS is definitely a b- big part of our audience.
0: Speaking of direct memory access, what about span of t? That's some interesting stuff right there and probably pretty system specific, right?
2: Um, I mean it's yeah, I mean again it goes back to language versus framework, right? So so span of t it's not a C sharp, C sharp feature. It's a net framework class or record or whatever it is, right? So, yeah. so as, su- as such, it's not something you can just expect to be there. If you, if you build for Coco, just like you're not going to have a UI button if you're building a Windows application, right? But, uh, I mean, I think Span T is sort of, I mean, I'm not too familiar with, but it's, it's sort of intrinsic enough that it's, I think it's supportable everywhere. And I think we do have it for the native compilers. Um, because, like, like one, one thing to mention is, like, obviously, on the native compiler side, you don't really have much in terms of rich ecosystem from, from the platforms, right? So, you're talking Win32 API, libc on Linux, and things like that. So, we, we have sort of uh, a higher level API that we provide with, like, objects, lists, collections, XML support, things like that. that yeah. That's going to be shared across uh, all the, the native compilers, and, and Span of T is something that's, that would be in there
1: yeah interesting stuff and certainly uh, uh, interesting times for uh, for managing these things and i mean you guys have been doing this for a long time we talked about elements 5 years ago and uh, when you were focused on the swift part and here you are with just more platforms and, and more advancement and obviously more customers.
2: Yeah, I think since since Swift, we added Java as the language, mm-hmm. Go as the language, mm. well, now Mercury, but I mean, wouldn't count that yet because it's not done. We added the native platforms, so Linux, Windows, WebAssembly. Mm. I think that's, that's that's the big parts we added since. And the, the new IDEs, of course, we didn't have the IDEs in 2015. Right. Or maybe we had Fire, I'm not sure. Actually, I think we had Fire, yeah.
1: And our... our what do people prefer? Do they tend to use your IDEs or are they mostly in studio? I, I can't imagine a Java guy would be in studio. That seems a little nuts. It's
2: it's mixed. I mean, mostly people that do use Visual Studio are either people that, I mean, use WinForms or a WPF a right. lot uh, because they, they can use the designers in there or people that just have been using the product so long that they're, they're sort of used to Visual Studio mm-hmm. um, and don't want to switch Um And then like water and fire are more like the the newcomers or of course, people who do want to work on the Mac, they use those because like one of the upsides is that that even on Windows like water is a lot more lightweight. Like it doesn't have all the features that Visual Studio has, but it also doesn't have a boot time of five minutes, let's say, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No kidding. All of those challenges.
0: So what's on the horizon? What's next? What's on you guys' to-do list
2: to be honest, the big thing on my radar right now is getting getting Mercury done. Um, you're gonna see what Apple is doing. I mean, sort of the second big thing is keeping up with because they I mean, I don't know, Your listeners one might not be too familiar with that, but so basically, Apple is sort of transitioning from from Cocoa, which is based on Objective C, to sort of Swift. Not just as the language, but they're also moving. Moving to frameworks written in Swift, right? And basically, yeah. that's that's not just a different language. They're sort of building a whole new ABI for how to interact with frameworks. So, so r- right now, our compiler for macOS or iOS still sort of targets the Objective-C runtime. So you talk to the Cocoa objects um, because yeah. Apple just basically, I think, late last year they finalized. In code, uncode, finalized the, the ABI for, for the Swift frameworks. So that's another big thing that's on our radar over the next, I want to say, year or two to see how that goes and, and what we got to do to, to be able to interact with that. And to be yeah. honest, that's not an area I'm very happy with where Apple is going there, but that's maybe for another podcast.
1: But you also give Swift away, right? Your, your Swift implementation is the free product, isn't it?
2: Exactly. Yeah. So we basically figured, Hey, let's give one of the languages sort of away for free. Mm-hmm. Sort of as an incentive. So basically, all the stuff you can do with our compiler, no matter what platform you want to do, what what frameworks you want to target, if you use only Swift, it's free. And then, and then if you want to use C Sharp or the other languages, then hopefully you'll 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 buy a license from us.
1: Right, and it's an annual license. Yeah. Right. So sort of traditional model, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm, lo- I'm on the website here, so I'm looking. Okay, say yeah, six hundred bucks for just C Sharp, or for eight hundred bucks. C Sharp, Oxygen, Swift, and Java, right? So,
2: right, yeah. yeah. So we basically, with, if you get the full package, you get all the languages. Mm-hmm. So if you were to buy that now, three months down the road, you would get Mercury as well. Right. In fact, you, you could get, you could try Mercury now. It's just, it's just in alpha state, but it, it it's there mm-hmm. and works in the versions that are out there. Cool.
0: Yeah, it is cool.
1: But I, I' funny that you're worried about Swift and Swift's the pro the free product. Like that's the one that's you're going about to take a kicking as they change their platform around.
2: No, no, no. But 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 that, actually that's that's sort of actually think Swift is a little bit in the same position as we as I talked about before with Java, where we have Swift the language we've got, covered, but basically what Apple is also doing is Swift the platform, right? And and that sort of the thing we have we have to support next.
1: Right? Yeah, the platform shifts are the tough ones, and I think that's one of the things that any, anybody coming into you know we talk about folks that are frustrated with VB. It's things like they want to use Razor Core and they can't, and there's no simple answer there. Like it's 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 open source. There's projects out there, but they're not fully implemented, and Microsoft's not going to do them. They're working on other things.
2: Yeah, yeah. The the, the big thing with Swift is that basically. There's no like, like formal specification. Like, like this is what, <clears throat> what the ABI calls look like, right. and this is how a class is structured. This is how things interact. It's all like, oh, read the compiler source code, which is sort of a scary proposition mm. Mm. at that level, right? But, but it
1: also means there's no commitment to any consistency there. They're not putting out any docs, so if they change an API, it's like, oh well, we changed it. Live yeah,
2: it. I mean the, the the only commitment is basically that if they change things, they bring they break their own stuff too. Mm-hmm. So that's the sort of I mean like the 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 big thing people were like on in the Swift community were hoping for last year was the the so called the, the ABI compa- com, uh, compatibility, right? So the, this, the the statement this is the ABI, it's going to be fixed, it's not going to be changed. If you build a library against know, the current macOS it's going to work three versions down the road because we right. didn't change how, say, an integer is passed to a function, right? So mm. they're sort of committing in the sense that if they break it, they're going to have a big problem. But I think they're not really thinking it through far enough. It's my it's my worry, at least. As they think they're going to find themselves in a position where they're going to have problems three years down the road when when they have to break it. But breaking them is going to, again, give them problems. So yeah. we're going to see how that plays right. out.
1: Well, and I think I would think internally Apple gives each other themselves heads up. They just don't necessarily give the community heads. Oh, yeah, no, sure. Yeah, that that, that to me is the frustrating part. It's like if one thing, if they put out a dog and said, Hey, we finally committed to we're making this breaking change, it's coming in such a build, like get ready. You've got it's next month as opposed to what actually happens, which is they ship the bits and tell you to look through the code and you just got to figure out why stuff is broken,
2: right? right, Yeah, but but the thing is basically, I mean, as of last year, I mean, as of macOS 1015. People can build apps in Swift that are gonna be sort of hard-coded against whatever the ABI was last fall. Right. So and, and those apps have to have to keep working without rebuilding, right? So I mean they might be out there five years down the road, the developer doesn't maintain them anymore, and Apple can't really go. I mean they could, but they would look would look bad if they say, hey, update to macOS ten eighteen, but like all your Swift apps are gonna break unless <coughs> the developer like, sends you a new version, right? Yeah,
1: that would that would be you would presume that would be bad, but I never know with Apple anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, uh-huh. oh, that's true. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, so we're right. gonna see how that goes over the next couple of years. Absolutely.
0: Well, this is all good stuff, Mark. Um, oh, thank man, you. And it's great to catch up with you. Don't be a, uh, such a stranger. We won't either. We'll, oh, uh, definitely. Let's do this more often. time to time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks again. And we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net. And produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time.